let's clap, clap and then I'll in. do the introduction. All right, one, two, three. Podcast episode. This is going to be episode six. Uh, I'm Jacob Zimmer, and I'm in Toronto this time. And, and over there in Calgary, I see it's me, Vicky Stroich. <laughs> I just did like some awful polka dot door thing for no, yeah, totally no good that. reason. And through the looking glass, I see Vicky and Jacob, <laughs> Brendan, Georgina. <laughs> Uh, no. So, uh, so welcome to the Urgy Podcast, where we talk about dramaturgy, creation, leadership, creation, and all dramaturgically. Vicky and I both have pasts, futures, and presents as as dramaturges in the theater and dance, and so we just apply that to everything in the world. And Absolutely, talk, and talk a bit about that here. Um, and so this this time, part of what we thought we'd talk about uh, last time that we just really, eh, these times are confusing, but we were talking about Hope Decoded, which was a program that I was involved with at the BAMP Center. And Vicky, you came up for for the final day, which was a bit like a show for us. Um, yeah, it was really, it was exciting. And, and I could, you know, it was the minute you, I feel like the minute I sort of arrived on campus and I... Uh, you know, registered for that day that there was you, I really, there was a lovely energy. And I felt like there was a lot of, you know, a lot of work that had happened that week and that everyone was really excited to share um, what sounded like it was difficult and inspiring and also very sort of joyful. And, and so immediately I, I just wanted to say like walking onto that campus and walking into the Kinnear Center was, um, was exciting. You could feel a, a definitive energy. And, and I thought that was really that was great. It put me in just the right spot, and it was such a beautiful day too. It was like it was, yeah. It was like the weather was hope. The weather was hopeful. Yes. Um, <laughs> so good. it was like if it had been totally bleak, we probably would have had a much worse conference. Like it would have been talking much about more. hopelessness if it had felt like ten feet of snow. Anyways, yeah, uh, that's great to hear. That's, yeah, that's and it was yeah. So it was great, and I I also appreciated. I really appreciated you know the the way that we were all sort of brought into the room together and, and, um, and then, you know, learning a lot about what everyone had been talking about and, uh, and particularly through the, a little bit more about the four lenses that you guys had been working with, um, was valuable because one of the things that was appealing to me is, I mean, the arts and culture lens, which was one of the four lenses. Am I, that's how you guys put it, right? Yeah. That's how we put it sort of for the Friday. It wasn't, we weren't, Mm-hmm. That was a sort of a level of abstraction beyond what we had done in the week. I mean, so to give to give a brief synopsis, we had about 50 people there uh, in Banff for four days working together on on arriving at better questions about increasing the capacity for hope and decreasing the likelihood of hopelessness and dealing with that through four champion organizations sort of for case studies basically uh one of which was buddies in bad times uh which is the queer theater in toronto one of which was the boldness project with which works uh with early childhood education in a 
in a neighborhood in Winnipeg, uh, the Homeward, not Homeward Bound, although makes you want to say that, Homeward Trust, uh, which is an organization out of in Winnipeg that's tasked with endless ending homelessness in, in not Edmonton, in Winnipeg, right? Edmonton, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I should take that all again. Uh, <laughs> the Homeward Trust, who's tasked with ending homelessness in Edmonton, and then and then Coalition Wild, which is largely online, but an online coalition of organizations across the world for a more wild understanding of, of ecology. So it's a environmental focus, but also in, in trying to deal with people where they are. So if you're in a city, how do you have a more wild experience mm-hmm. without saying like, oh, you have to go camping every week. So... So yeah, so those four people brought in their own sets of questions, and then those forty-five, we all worked together on on those questions, and then and then sort of framed those so that on Friday, then a hundred new people, of which you were one of, uh, arrived to sort of hear a, hear back, and so we had we had abstracted those four organizations towards sort of four larger lenses that we were looking at questions of hope and hopelessness through. So yes, so arts and culture, income inequality. uh, Healthy families. uh, Healthy communities. Healthy communities. Healthy communities. And global leadership. Yeah, and environment and innovation. Yes, yeah. So maybe there were five, in fact. I think that, yeah, there were five lenses the day that I was there, yeah. although I think you guys were working on four case studies. Yeah. But they were all, it was really fascinating. And and, um, and I think the diversity of the group that had been assembled and um, and certainly the, the diversity of the group, the, the other hundred of us that showed mm-hmm. up, um, was, uh, it was exciting. And the reason that I, um, that, you know, it greatly appealed to me in addition to the fact that I, <clears throat> you know, I was very curious about what Buddy's, had been addressing and also was very curious obviously about what you know what you were working on um, as a friend and colleague but it was it was also what I was interested in was um, being able to uh, put on a range of lenses <laughs> to right. my view mm-hmm. and um, and while I got well you know while I was up there and curious about the arts and culture lens one of the things that I, I found really interesting was um, talking about the, the various different questions because I think the 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 what what hmm, so the the challenges or the questions that that you guys that, that the different case studies brought um, you know and what what the connection was between those challenges and a feeling of hopelessness within the organizations um, that you know it was interesting for me that was the connection I made anyway mm-hmm. that um, that when in listening to other to the challenges of of people who work in different not for profits, um, who are who are trying to serve the community in different ways, um, listening to them talk about the challenges that they have and, and a feeling of hopelessness, um, uh, and, and how you know how to address that challenge and how that challenge was explored, um, it, that always opens my mind um, and always makes me feel a little less isolated, and. I really, uh, really, really appreciated that about the conversation was, you know, I feel like uh, there's, there's, I mean, ending homelessness in, in Edmonton um, is a huge, you know, it's a, it's both a huge task and something that, that is, 
um, that I, I felt was more in, in, in grasp, but I also understand that it, it's, you know, you come to, you come to a certain point in any project where you come up against really difficult questions. And I think, um, being able to hear about the challenge that they were having and, and thinking about the, the, you know, enormity of that task that they had, that they have, but also how, how far they had come along towards Mm it. Um, it made me feel, it made me feel hopeful. And it also made me feel less alone in my own challenges. And it helped me to just think about, think about my own challenges in a slightly different way. And, um, I really, I really appreciated that. And I appreciated the way that each, each member of the case study was able to talk a bit about their experience and, um, and that not all experiences were easy. No, that was fa- That was interesting too, to hear, um, particularly, you know, Brendan Healy mm-hmm. from Buddies and Bad Times talk about, um, having to, having come with a particular question that when viewed through <laughs> other people's eyes, um, that had to shift and change. And that was very difficult to grapple with. And, and, um, and that was, that was particularly for myself as somebody who runs an arts and culture organization was very, very valuable, um, because it can be tricky when we are, uh, uh, in, in a particular conversation loop Mm -hmm. to, to even see, to see, to, to be able to, you know, see what we're saying or understand, understand how it appears from the outside. And that was, uh, that was illuminating. I mean, I'm, I, I recognize sometimes in, in strategic planning and stuff like that, that I do at ATP, uh, and in talking to our board members, I go, it seems really obvious to me what I'm saying, but then I, the more that they question it or, or feed it back to me, the more I go, okay, yes, the way that you're seeing this and the way that I'm seeing it are, are much, much different. And that's a, that's a good thing. That's a, but it, it also can be very um, tense and difficult. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was not, it was a great week and, and sort of see our last conversation about, I feel like there's a lot of, there were a lot of safe spaces and sort of non-disclosure spaces created. And in part because there had to be, it was a, Bringing mm. people from different backgrounds together is more difficult than not doing that. Mm-hmm. Like part of why it doesn't happen is because it's harder and it requires more work and a different kind of work, right? A sort of emotional labor. And, and so it was very rewarding, I think for, for myself at least. And, and I, for most of the people I've talked to in, in different ways, but it certainly wasn't easy. Uh, it was, and, and in a good way, in the right ways, in the ways that make sense to, to having conversations that might change your perspective, right? That that's changing my perspective is a, is a painful thing to do, mm-hmm. <laughs> or it's going to require some, some understanding and compassion towards resistance and all of that stuff. So it was it was it was a great week and a challenging week. Um, it was 40, 50 amazing people, and by amazing, I also mean very strong. And you know, it's a bunch of Type A's who are facilitators in a room, and that's that's a thing. Uh, but I think yeah. everybody really approached it with such a degree of generosity and 
willing to work on the issues, right? There was never, no, we, ne we never hit something that people were, weren't willing to talk about and work on. And that That's was great. really key, right? And, and so that, so yeah, so getting to that end point, getting to that Friday to sort of share and, and it was, it felt like a rehearsal process. I mean, we know these things from the rehearsal processes is like it went through the, I don't know if I'm saying this, but like, we love each other. We hate each other. We love each other. We hate each other. Like the, the show is getting better. The show is getting worse. The show, <laughs> okay. um, there are phases of rehearsal and, and where things feel like at different times in rehearsal processes. And this felt a lot like that. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and including, right, that I think you went to bed fairly early or you left. Did you go back right away? No. I'm no, no, I had to go. Um, I, I, I mean, I stayed at the party relatively true, late, but, I, but I, I, I had... Um, I had booked a room in town, right. so I, I wasn't staying on campus, so I, I left to uh, go back to my room in right. town. Uh, I was going to say, there was also like a cast party like dance floor in a way mm -hmm. that was, I mean, that was like, oh, right, this sort of thing where there's all this energy has been, been shaped mm -hmm. intensely for a week, and now it is getting released in a different form. Yeah. Uh, I could definitely see that on the dance floor. Because that was another thing that that um, that was pretty awesome. Is there, you know, at a, at a you know, and this, you know, obviously there was a, a week of intense work, mm -hmm. and then a whole bunch of us arrived yeah. and felt it in the air, right. and then yeah. and then sat in a few rooms where it sort of um, it was uh, it was um, I mean presented, but but uh, it's it can sometimes be tricky to um, articulate. Mm -hmm. um, articulate all of the different uh, impulses and ideas, and uh, especially when, you know, as as with all great questions, they're unresolved. Um, and you guys were very clear. You know, we're not going to solve hopelessness. In the, yes. we're going to discuss it, but we're not going to solve it. Um, so you know that uh, trying to articulate something that is that that one made some gains of understanding in, but not necessarily. But you know, it's not like uh, oh, what we the answer is in your packages. Um, look at the back of your name. <laughs> yeah. Look at the back of your name tag. All right. Moving on. Um, yes. so it's, it, that, that's what was, that's always a challenge. I mean, to, to express something that is unresolved, um, is always a bit of a challenge. And then, you know, to work on it a bit more and, uh, and for all of us to feel some agency. I mean, that's, that was, was, was okay. awesome. And where my feeling of agency came, um, was of course, and I, I, I'm not surprised by this, um, but but I guess in some cases, some people might be, because uh, I went to the breakout that, that you and um, Lisa did an excellent mm -hmm. job of, of facilitating about art, the arts and culture lens, um, which was great. But of course, my breakthrough didn't happen there yeah. <laughs> because I, I, I turn those questions over in my hands all the time, right? Mm -hmm. um, I had a, a great feeling of agency and, and um, in the environment and innovation uh, session, which is, which is my other great interest because mm -hmm. of, um, because of surfing, my interest in, in the environment and conservation is, has really grown, uh, in the last few years. So I was really curious about that, that conversation. And, and again, it's because there, there was something about the way into that conversation and the way into what Coalition Wild is, is doing, which is that your own perception of, 
or, or connecting yourself with what, what you, what memory has been, you have that of wildness, mm-hmm. um, and interacting with the wild and then talking a bit about just different ways to challenge, you know, different assumptions about it. I thought, and because, because I didn't feel the, the professional weight of having to answer these questions or, or work every day yeah. on that question, um, I felt a, a level of freedom and, and agency to, to um, talk about, you know, how I feel about things um, and, and what, I, what ideas I have or respond to other people's ideas um, because I, you know, I hadn't already heard about that idea a million times or, or, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's something, and it's interesting to remember that you can engage in that way. Um, and I'd like to think I'm a pretty, uh, open and easily, ins- you know, easily inspired person. I'm a dramaturg for God's sake. I love questions, mm-hmm. but, um, but there's moments when I, f- I, I feel like I need to draw on a reserve of, um, flexibility and openness and grace <laughs> to engage, particularly with a question I've engaged with before. Um, and having the odd opportunity to engage in a different question reminds me of what that feels like. And mm-hmm. so it, it was in, that was inspiring and that, was, that gave me hope. It gave me hope that I can, you know, access, access that level of engagement and then reapply it. Um, even though I feel like I've, I've run my hand over a particular series of questions a million times, um, there's always a way to sort of get back in with a level of openness and, and grace and flexibility that I sometimes forget. So that's what was, that, that was extremely helpful for me. Great. And I, I really enjoyed that. And, and I would say, I mean, one of the things that that makes me think of is, is also where would there be a space for in the conversations that you're having about your issues of bringing someone in from environmental so that mm-hmm. it is that for them, but also probably brings a bit of that feeling of, of oh, right, this person is just going to ask left field questions or what mm-hmm. to us feel like left field questions uh, or, yeah, or going to bring a bit of a, oh, you guys do it that way, we do it this way. And that's going to blow everybody's mind because, mm-hmm. you know, they're adjacent but so different. Uh, and that's where the sort of multidisciplinary teams for for dealing with these hard problems really does seem valuable to me mm-hmm. that that where where that gets put sort of on a theoretical basis around intersectionality, but that that we can't solve any of our equity problems in a silo, right? That there's just no, no, no way to do that. And, and intersectionality gets, is in sort of in anti-oppression language, I think is where I know it from. And it's a sense that I can't deal with race without dealing with gender, without dealing with class. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that things are, there is no sort of ability to sectional sectionalize these things. Yeah. So the 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 thing that has been satisfying so far in in the work with Banff is that it's hard work to do the sort of bringing people together, and it takes a lot of effort, um, mm-hmm. and needs you know it that without without me and without Simon uh, Jackson, who was who was the project lead, and really an amazing job of convening people and bringing those people together 
Banff wouldn't have had that capacity. There's something amazing about Banff, though, mm -hmm. right? That if you mm -hmm. ask people to come to the Banff Center, they really seem to do it. And that's, yeah. that's really cool. Like, that's a pretty mm -hmm. cool superpower, as superpower goes. Uh, because it can hold these conversations where people don't know each other. Um, and that's and that's pretty exciting. So yeah, I think I think it's great to hear that 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 resonated with you. And and yeah, I think I would like to see it as much as possible in the world. Like trying yeah. to find these ways that people who don't don't solve problems together can can find ways to solve problems together. Yeah, I have a I have a curatorial question. Yeah. So the, the groups, yeah. the case studies, clearly mm -hmm. were very carefully curated. Yeah. And I know that the facilitators for the week and probably those 40 people that convened um, that worked through the week were yeah. very carefully curated. What was the, what was the level of curation with um, the rest of us that, that showed up? Or was there a sense of that? Because I was, it was interesting because it felt like in the opening session, just so everybody knows, in the opening session... Um, each, we got a little sense of the work that happened from each of the, the, you know, um, heads of each of the sort of case studies organizations. Yeah. Um, and Simon did a nice interview with them. And then there was some callback to the, you know, the audience. He sort of put a couple people on the spot. Yeah. Um, and I was curious about, you know, where, you know, what, was there a sense of, a real sense of curation? Did you guys know who you were going to, who, I mean, obviously you knew who was coming. We all signed up. But how much um, how much curatorial work was there on on thinking about who would be in the room and who would be called upon to respond? I think Simon did a lot of work on that. I wasn't so yeah. much involved in it. I was involved when we were designing it around thinking about it. And the desire was to have people who wouldn't normally be in the room together. Like it was sort mm -hmm. of that simple. Like and and specifically where that you know exists for the BAM centers can can folks from how do we get different sides of the energy debate to be in the room together is mm -hmm. of course a question in Alberta mm -hmm. and, and something that Banff may be almost uniquely positioned to do. Right. Yeah. That it Absolutely. is, it is a friend to, you know, to the arts and to that space in the sort of social justice world. It's very strong the indigenous leadership and management program is an amazing program and, and hope decoded was incredibly influenced by the work that they're doing. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, they receive funding from the foundations. So that mix means that maybe those conversations of people from, from different backgrounds can happen. So we were conscious of that. Uh, were there a lot of energy folks in the room? There weren't tons. There were there were certain people from the the Suncor Foundation. Mm -hmm. um, there were some people who it like we weren't. That was a space where it was less true in that hundred, but you know where where there wasn't any. Although I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think this is actually incorrect. I think Simon really wanted there to be people who he knew wouldn't agree mm -hmm. about, you know, market-based versus government intervention, who right. wouldn't, would have differing viewpoints on that, would have mm -hmm. differing viewpoints on a lot of things, mm -hmm. but be 
sort of willing to come to this thing to talk about it. Yeah. And so he did a lot. I mean, I think he called a lot of folks that mm-hmm. he's met in his travels and got them. Yeah. Yeah. And got them to come. Uh, we did, you know, we did as much as we always could to try to make sure people were coming if, if money was the obstacle or mm-hmm. those sorts of things, uh, depending on who they were, honestly, we, we were doing some sort of needs-based mm-hmm. work around that because I think when you don't, that means that only a certain kind of people show up. Yeah. Um, so we did a lot of thinking about who was coming. We were also doing it in, like we started in February. So it was pretty rapid. Mm-hmm. And, and so it could have over a longer period of time, maybe got to different people. But yeah, we were doing that. And then I think Simon Simon knew some of the people who he wanted to put on the spot. Uh, mm-hmm. And those certainly were more contacts from his world. Right. Um, people, who, people who wouldn't hate him forever for putting them on the spot. Yeah, and who were... <laughs> And who were people who were in a positions of power and experience enough to mm-hmm. be able to, you know, also have a little bit of boiler, like be able to formulate their responses. Yeah. Yeah. Who are used to that kind of, and, yeah. and it was, in, yeah, it was interesting to sort of see, you know, who, who those folks, folks were, because there was a bit of, there was a bit of diversity there. Um, but it was also, I mean, you know, peop- <laughs> we all know people in power in this country. Yeah come in a particular make and model a lot of the time. Yep. And, uh, and that was, that was interesting too. It's, it's interesting for me to think about, um, the, the face of leadership and the changing face of leadership and, um, and to think about, uh, us, you know, us, the importance of aspiring to those kind of positions, mm-hmm. um, and thinking about how, about, changing the face of those positions. Um, you know, I mean, it's, and it's interesting too. I mean, we're Alberta's in the middle of a provincial election right now. Right. And how aware I am in, in a way that I, I don't, I mean, maybe, I think I've, I've always been a bit aware of this, but I'm very aware this election, um, about the, the different faces and the different types, the different backgrounds, um, right. professional and otherwise of the people that, are running, um, mm-hmm. in the election. And in my, you know, my writing is an, uh, it's an interesting writing. I mean, the former head of our, um, of our arts council here in Calgary, yeah. Calgary arts development, Terry Rock is running for the PC party, um, right. in this election. So I know Terry personally. Um, and, and, you know, there's, but I, there's other people who are running in my writing that I'd, I don't know that other people know, and and I'm just I'm th- I'm thinking a lot politically about um, the faces and backgrounds of the people who um, are going to find their you know find their way into positions of power and what you know where I put my where I put my own energy as a as a person who cares about leadership um, and who cares about a diversity of voice and uh, and also where I place my vote. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah absolutely and i i i was thinking i think a lot about that too and i and the conversation the hope decoded conversation that whole day um you know the how i i you know in a, in a way one wants one wants to know one wants to put a bunch of politicians um 
in a very real place to have a, a conversation about um, hope or hopelessness, uh, you know, in any given, I mean, right now in any given year or any mm-hmm. given um, geographic location. But I'm, I'm, it, it made me think, it made me think about, interestingly enough, it made me think about politics and agency, Mm -hmm. um, which is, I guess, isn't surprising because, you know, my own, my own personal um, passions and my own personal uh, feelings of agency um, are what give me hope or, you know, the, the difficulty with those things is what leads me to hopelessness, uh, feelings of hopelessness. And so, and, you know, politics is a place where... (laughs) people either feel feel those extremes as well i think and uh, so it made it was interesting to me to um to reflect on hope decoded and to to think about my about you know voting in this election yeah if that if that makes any sense if that connection yeah, makes any sense great. and it, i think it does and you know um how i use my voice and how i how i use my vote uh and how you know how to insert that kind of um, questioning and looking at things in different ways into into conversations that I, I want to have with uh, with the candidates in my writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. I mean, I think there's a lot of a lot of that, you know, on the sort of what we don't solve, right? What is ongoing? I mean, certainly we want we want to track and support things going on after Hope Decoded that started at Hope Decoded, right? Whether that's two people met and therefore there's a connection um, or, you know, or these ideas go, but we, you know, it's a, it's a failure of a day if everybody comes and goes, yeah, oh yeah, Hope, that's some importance and leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and nothing changes in their day. Then, yeah. then the thing has not gone well. Mm-hmm. And that, and that we understand that that's a process, right? Because it has to keep going. I mean, that's the thing about hope and hopelessness after all of this is, is you know, because a bunch of, most of those, the people that we brought in who were our sort of case studies are at some levels amazing successes mm-hmm. um, and, and can be seen as incredible successes. And that that doesn't mean that one doesn't feel hopelessness or, or need need to find new ways to look for, for spaces of hope that these things are all a process and that by thinking about the process, you can get better outcomes, which is, you know, dramaturgy, right? That, that in thinking about how we're working on something, what happens as a result of it can get better. Like, yeah. And we know that, and we know that it matters who's in the room and what kind of spaces for listening there is. One of my, yeah, I mean, a bunch of things coming out of Hope Decoded. I have this very clear sense of, there's often a lot of language about uh, giving people voices, which is mm-hmm. a sort of piece of language that I really don't like. And I think it happens a lot in the arts, actually. Yeah. Um, and I don't like it because it implies that people didn't have voices. And that's not true. Uh, what's actually required is giving people space in which they can listen. Like it's not, it's not the, the voiceless, it's not a problem of voicelessness. It's a problem of deafness and Mm -hmm. in, in that, in that sort of broken metaphor. And so to then try to, how do we create spaces and support people who are looking to create spaces 
where yeah, the most people can listen and, and and speak, but but that the listening is actually the thing that I left going like, oh, that's the important part. Yeah, I give I you know what I fall into that voice trap a lot, um, and the listening thing is is interesting because one of the things I appreciated about the way um, Hope Decoded uh, talked about the different areas of areas of influence, community mm-hmm. influence that you guys were talking about was the, the idea of lens, yeah. um, which is about witness, you yeah. know, which is about seeing through a particular set of mm-hmm. eyes or, or, you know, p- adjusting your view slightly. Right. Yeah. And recognizing that. And I, and that's something I really, that's something I really appreciated because you're bringing your own, you, you are bringing everything that your eye has seen. Yeah. <laughs> to it and, um, and putting a, putting a particular lens on it and focusing it in a particular way, um, was a really, um, beautiful way to express it. Um, and I re- and that's one of the things I really appreciated about it. And I, and, um, and there was the, the value of the value of listening to other people and, and creating that space is, is huge. I mean, and it is, um, act like listening is, and listening costs. I mean, that's something mm-hmm. too. I don't know if we've talked about it in, in here in Urgy, but um, you know, I recognize, and that's why the release of a dance party. We'll talk in a moment. I think about mm-hmm. the the uh, other great thing that I was reminded of, which is um, the value of like celebrating. Yeah. Um, in in the midst of of difficult <sighs> things, um, but yeah, the l- listening um, listening and really hearing is um is what really costs and i feel like that's what um that's what was I, I feel like that's one of the things that was expressed about the difficulty that that you know at least the way that i interpret um some of the difficulty that that um brendan talked a little mm-hmm. bit about in terms of um the question he came with the response that the question received and then shifting the question is um it can be it can be difficult it can be difficult to understand something and, and come and, and hear other, hear other people's responses and really take, like, take that in, especially when it's something that you spend so much, so much time with. Um, I have, you know, I mean, I have a hard time, a hard time hearing people question the thing that I have spent my life, my life dedicated to, mm-hmm. um, and questioning its, its validity or even the way that I've put it. And, and, you know, it requires a great deal of, you know, energy and, um, and to, and, and I, I appreciate that. And I, tr- and again, I try to bring that, I try to bring that, but I also recognize that, you know, there's days when it's, there's days when it's harder than others yeah. to, um, to, to hear that, to listen to it and to be able to put it into a perspective, into a useful perspective. Absolutely. Um, and that's, that requires a lot of energy. And, you know, and I, I also, I have to say too, the celebratory energy at the end of the, at the end of that day, um, you know, the, the, the dinner where we all got to sort of mix and mingle and, um, and where there was uh, an opportunity to, to dance, that energy was, uh, really, it was really great because, you know, and we, I think we, we just talked about it or we mentioned it a little bit earlier that, that there's a great deal of if you if you're grappling with a challenge it's probably because you've had a bit of success right yeah you know like you you you've come a certain way and then you know you you come up against a challenge you come up against a question about how to proceed and and that's what one of the wonderful things is that that you know it's about 
breaking through that that feeling that you can't proceed and um and I think part of what one always has to do, and I was reminded of this, is celebrate where one's where where you've where you've come from. It's like celebrate that that um, that sense of accomplishment that brought you to the place where you now have to ask a question about what happens next, mm-hmm. um, and celebrate that other people care deeply about what uh, you know, and that you're in a you know that you're in a room full of people who care enough about their community that they came together. And celebrate that 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 exists. I mean, celebrate togetherness, and that's that was something that was you know it's always nice to be sitting in a in a you know bunch of chairs facing towards the front of a room, um, but to be able to actually uh, dance and celebrate together and and dine together and share uh, share that you know allows for a connection that that creates a, creates a, a deep feeling of hopeful like uh, of hope. Um, and we wanted to do, I mean, that was, there was also, we wanted a lot of art in the day. We wanted sort of as much art as we could wrangle in the day, even to the point of like, we're just going to move pianos onto that floor where the meetings are happening because mm-hmm. it will be nice to see pianos. Yeah. Uh, but also that the separates, the improv mm-hmm. troupe were there. Um, an amazing performance that, that got everybody dancing of, of a, a drum drum and yeah. dance group. And so that was, that was a real desire to have those sorts of senses of relief, not relief, but of celebration and of pleasure inside of this, which, oh. you know, for me, and, and that tries very much for me into the, all of the work that I'm doing as a maker of theater is that you just, I can't, I actually, I mean, and, and this is my frame, but, the I am most likely to change my mind when I'm smiling, like and mm-hmm. and I'm most likely to be open to hearing someone different from me when we've also had a shared experience, right? So yeah. that I think you're less likely to fight with somebody who you've spent some time dancing in a circle with and or like laughing at improv and making funny noises with your mouth. I think that's true, and I think that's just basic empathy, and that's an okay thing, right? That that's that that's part of. It also it reminds us that we're, uh, uh, you know, I I appreciate, and this mm-hmm. is this is something I didn't consider until I started surfing, um, mm-hmm. is uh, that I am a that that as a a being I I'm like there's an there's an integration mm-hmm. of my brain. And my heart, or my emotional core, mm-hmm. and my body—that yeah. I'm—that I am a—that I'm physical. That I—that there's—that there's a present time, <laughs> yep. and that I am in it, yeah. and um, and that there's and that all, all I can do in any given moment is is um, is you know put those three things together and be present and and rely on rely on what what I've where I've come from mm-hmm. and and trust that I'm going to be going somewhere. But like to to occasionally bring and that's what. That's what physical activity and, and indeed like the, the the great thing about the about improv is that you you know it allows people to think about you know throwing out an idea and um, seeing it become something yeah and and that 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 the stakes you know because uh, God like solving homelessness in Edmonton um, <laughs> Uh, you know, creating a healthy, healthy community in a, in a marginalized, marginalized community in Winnipeg, um, you know, 
saving endangered species, uh, you know, and and articulating the value of art in a in a in a an ever changing society. Like uh, those are those are big he- those are big potentially heavy things. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them very actively heavy things, and uh, things that that one gets a bit paralyzed. Um, thinking about you know whether they whether it's a question like the art and culture question which I think about all the time or it's something I don't think about all the time but that I find um, intimidating just remembering that you know you're bringing your you're bringing your full self to this and it's that's that's who you are and you're bringing all of that you know that integrated the integrative moment of the physical and the emotional and the the mental sort of being reminded that you're we're all here and the and all we can do is offer what we where we're all all of that in the moment and not sense not censor yourself um and allow it you know allow it to build and and change and and all those ideas all those impulses to become something and to trust to trust mm-hmm. that they'll be heard and built on and um you know i mean that's a that's what seems like that's what seems like magic about imp- about improv and what's important to realize also from improv that it's not magic, right? That it's that, yeah. I mean, they're, they're might, they might have, you know, personality quirks that make them especially apt at it, but that it's something that gets better by doing it, right? That it's, and I think that's also important for those listening conversation, you know, for the conversation about listening and how hard that is. And I agree yeah. and I fail all the time. But that it's a practice and that, that it's a thing that you sort of do and get better at and do and get better at. Listening, um, acceptance, mm-hmm. enthusiasm. Like. Yeah, and all of that. And those, those, are, those are skills, right? And mm-hmm. I think because part of, as, as is a problem in art, where people are like, oh, they're just geniuses who make art. And then there's the rest of us. Um, don't recognize that you know, a painter sketches a bunch, you know, that... that that great ideas don't emerge perfectly formed the first time. Yeah. I so, want, yeah, sorry. I wanted to circle just very quickly back to the, the sort of intrinsic value and the debating and hearing things from another side. Yeah. Which is to tie all those things together a bit is, is that the, you know, it's much easier to debate something you disagree with. So yeah. if you're doing a sort of, high school style debating it's really easy to do like all arts funding should be cut because the only arguments that i have are rational ones are arguments based on research and thought through uh continuity of the argument and positions that's the only way i can make that argument would be to try to find those things whereas to make the argument that i passionately believe in it can be very hard to do it because I'm just like, oh no, that's right. Because mm-hmm. I've, because since, you know, for me, you know, thinking about gender equity or queer rights, like I was raised in a feminist lesbian household. Like those things are right at a level that other people treat faith as, right? Mm-hmm. Those are so baked into every part of my life since I was born that it can be hard for me to acknowledge how specific those frames are <laughs> and and that I need to be able to articulate some things about them and think about some things about them if I'm going to meet people who weren't raised 
in those scenarios. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a lot of work also. And it's, it's why I get nervous about intrinsic value arguments in art. Because I think they're, it's a bit like waving your hands and saying it's magic. And, yeah. and that I don't, I think there is intrinsic power in art. And that's a very different statement than value. Um, power and value do not equal each other. Um, they can greatly affect each other, but mm-hmm. they're, they're not the same thing. And, and so when we think about what's the art that we're making, that it's, and why is it worthy, that is not worthy intrinsically uh, in the same way that technology, technological progress or pulling every resource out of the ground, those things aren't necessarily worthy intrinsically. Like we, we can talk about those things. And if we can't talk about those things, then we're in trouble. Yeah. And I, you know, I, and I say, I, I say seems like magic because I know so well that it is, that it is <laughs> skill and that it is, um, and you know, that uh, there is something and I don't, you know, and again, I, I'm, I, I don't know many improvisers who sp- spend a lot of time um, breaking down where their where their skill comes from or, or how they how they developed in certain mm-hmm. in certain ways because their ability their ability to to listen and, and create um, create ideas and also um, uh, and to just they're 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 fully human and fully like fully present and that is that's probably one of the most difficult things to do um is to to, to take everything in and to and also to build on to to not to not provide judgment to build on mm-hmm. to build on what somebody else is offering it's um it's one of the most uh uh vulnerable and um brave and uh excite and exciting and sk- and skill like skillful ways of of communicating and i think it's um one one learns more from that than one learns um you know probably taking a lot of taking a lot of courses it's so valuable um and i i really i and you know in the same way that that dancing and remembering uh mm-hmm. remembering this sort of way that a, a beat works and and how you <laughs> how you think about that. I mean, it's, uh, and how you just, you know, listen, listen carefully and respond and create something is, um, I thought, I thought it was really great that we had those, that we had those examples and those experiences to get us out of our heads. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think that that's probably one of the, one of the most important things. Uh, and that, you know, again, the, the beat of, uh, I, I find the beat of, of, um, Drums and I, I never think about it more than when I'm listening to, um, uh, particularly First Nations drumming, uh, how powerful, how mm-hmm. powerful that is, and how um, that how that beat um, connects and and sort of frees up um, my sense of being present in, in a way that I you know that I can't entirely explain, but allows me to just feel more open and ready for ready for, ready for conversation and ready to, to really listen to other people. Um, and it's about, yeah, it's about listening to a beat and listening to each other. And that, that level of, of very visceral presence in a room, um, is another way that, you know, I feel like we become hopeless, um, when we get disconnected from, 
presence. Uh, and when we get wrapped up in what, what the future holds or doesn't hold. Uh, and so the, one of the key things about the entire day was the many different ways that I was asked to feel um, present. Hmm. And, um, and that, that to me, I would say, is, is one of the, the things that I, 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 really, I really came away appreciating in a, in a, whole, in a way that I, I didn't expect because I, I wouldn't have known. I right. mean, I knew, that, I knew that I was coming to the BAM Center. We were going to talk about big stuff. <laughs> yep. and, um, but I, I didn't necessarily expect to feel so human. Right. Uh, in the in the best and most beautiful possible way, and I would say that um, uh, that's one of the that's one of the pieces of feedback that I I wanted to really express that that it, it that is that is extremely important. And so yeah, uh, and uh, what you know just to sort of like come back and, yeah. and wrap it up, you know what what is uh, what's next for Hope Decoded? Like when do I get to feel that again? Uh. <laughs> Jacob that's Zimmer. A, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know. Is the, there's a it ties into a bunch of work that the center is doing around uh, income inequality, and that stuff will be close to to the to you. That will be more BAMF centered. Uh, so there's social innovation generators, I think, and that's a residency. So there's a bunch of residencies and and stuff going on at the BAMP Center that I think are going to tie into those things. Um, I feel like we're now, the Toronto, excuse me, the Toronto Arts Council Cultural Leaders Lab is the thing that I'm on right now. And, and we're certainly taking a bunch of learning from Hope Decoded. I think we felt very good about Hope Decoded and it was, it was you know, when people talk about what wanting to experiment and take risk, I the major thing that we wanted or was desired of us as designers on that program was that it feel like nothing else had felt like a BAMF. Mm -hmm. um, and that was sort of what we were asked to deliver on. Mm. And, and that it have a sense of wonder and awe. Uh, I mean, in a very funny way, that is not how I would have ever expressed it. Like it was once expressed like, oh, this should feel like Cirque du Soleil. And so like, that was my weird vision of trying to like, but what is that wonder and awe and sense of presence, right? That that was. Anyways, um, I think there will be stuff in the future. I think there will be other opportunities and certainly it's, it's an attempt. I think I would love, as, as the Lahid leadership stuff begins to go forward, I think the goal is to build structures that then that if you wanted to run a hope decoded like process mm -hmm. uh, that we could support that in some right. ways. Um, even if that's, you know, a guidebook of resources or, you know, that these things it's, you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of resources. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, that was, that was well more than I've spent on a theater show ever for that week. Um, and yeah, so I think there will be more where I think there are some things that I would like to see that are almost like products that might come out of that got talked less about on the Friday, but were, were design solutions to problems that, 
probably could get worked on by a smaller team at this point and get closer to being taken taken to market, as they say, unless, you know, you're a big Charlotte's Web fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and it means something different. But so those things might happen. Um, I think more looking at trying to meet this way, trying to think about what a big summit might look like, that it, that's, that that's a shape it could take. Uh, I, yeah, I think there's certainly, there's certainly some desire on our part to do more things like that. It's, it's then finding the resources and the frames to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that it not, it doesn't need to happen only at the BAM center. I mean, it's, it's a remarkable place. And I think the, you know, as, as I think you've talked about, you know, so you might be more expert in what they actually are, but of the, the energy lines and the places that make those mm-hmm. mountains such powerful places for, for all of the histories that they've had. Yes. That's all very amazing. And we have to figure out, like I was talking about last time, what are the slightly lower five versions of those? What can we do for three hours at the PACT conference that mm-hmm. generates a bit of that feeling and seeds some of the ideas for people to take this back to their own work spaces? Like what does it, what would it mean to run that inside of the Epcor center? Mm-hmm. Uh, or you know, or those 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 sorts of processes where we're we're trying to share out processes that we think can help, you know, and then we can help and be potentially part of mm-hmm. delivering those. But yeah, I mean, yeah. and that the the beautiful thing about it is, as as particular as the process is, and particular as uh, as particular places Banff is, you know, there is something about you know. Um, there are, there are things, uh, there are, you know, seeing things from a different point of view, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, allowing, allowing for a different lens in, in a, in a conversation to, to enter a conversation that, um, we think is going to be a particular conversation. And it turns out to look, we look at it in a different way. And also remembering that the sort of visceral celebration of caring, mm-hmm. <laughs> caring mm-hmm. enough to be present and caring yep. enough to show up. Uh, and that, you know, that's something that you can take anywhere and uh so i you know i just wanted yeah so it was it's been good to talk about it and good to reflect on it yeah uh, great to hear feedback yeah um and and you know and (laughs) i had a moment of anxiety after i just said all the grand plans for banff to say like i have no control over any of these things (laughs) these you know in some levels i speak for my own hopes Um, Mm -hmm. and you know that's all we can do and that's all we can do So, so Vicky, if people wanted to find you on the internet, where where would they find you on the internet? Well, the most convenient place is at Vicky Stroich on Twitter. So V I C K I 
S-T-R-O-I-C-H. That's the best place to find me. All right. And um, you can always, you know, check out what Alberta Theatre Projects is doing at atplive.com and um, get a hold of me through there. Great. And I'm, I'm also a full name spelled out Twitter handle of at Jacob Zimmer. And that's a pretty great place. Uh, hashtag Urgy Podcast. Uh, if you, if you want to let us know uh, what, what you what these thoughts might have caused in in your thought machine that went sideways uh <laughs> yeah we we love we love hearing that people are listening and thinking about these things and and having any responses or thoughts so uh delighted to keep those conversations going and twitter seems like a decent place to do that uh you can find we'll i'll put up some notes and find show notes at smallwoodenshoe.org and click through to the podcasts. And I thanks, think that's it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, and, and Vicky, I'll, I'll talk to you soon. You bet. All right. Bye. I, I though now we say music, music, and then, but usually I've actually started the music by then. <laughs>